It's the Doug Zone. We're here for the new year. And listeners, I um I've sort of I've taken this video as an omen for how my year will go. <laughs> which is to say it wasn't good. But compared to last week's video, which I think encapsulated last year, which is to say just an endless torrent of punishment and pain that never let up for a single moment. Um, this video is just bad. So I think we're making progress and I have high hopes for 2024. I don't. Um, <laughs> I feel like, unfortunately, uh, to boldly flee is my year so far. I've just had a lot of to boldly flees so far. Look, Julian and I have been trading places as we often do. Mm-hmm. We, I think every year we just sort of like... I'm trying to think of a good reference to make for us just like we trading freaky places. Friday ourselves. Yeah, every yeah, we freaky Friday and well, Jillian's back in my body. I regret to inform you mm-hmm. all. So um but who knows what lies in, ahead for me. Maybe I will graduate this year. Um <laughs> perhaps. You'll have a good career trajectory. That Yeah. That happened. Which is new. That doesn't happen to me, let me tell you. Um, and I still do. That I'm holding on to. With every fiber <laughs> of my being, I will not let that go. Yeah, look, we both we both know that game well. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. we've got a thing. Yep. I'm just hanging on to it tight. that is my thing. And for a while there, for me, that thing was just the ability to buy alcohol. But that's not important. You know, I said, look, I have this. If nothing right. else. Um Right now, I'm really just, like, waiting until I get my new apartment so that way I can get out of, like, I'm in limbo with a lot of things in my life right now, and it is not fun. No, limbo is a terrible place to be. You go, am I homeless? I don't, who knows? Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I have high hopes for the year. Some of us do, some of us don't. What can I say? I've become a model. We'll be correct. You know? I'm, only time will tell. Yeah, but my money is on the person saying things are going to get worse for me. Just so we, <laughs> just so we're all out there. But I'm trying not to be that person. It feels unethical to bet on my own horse like that. <laughs> really calling your shot for this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know, Babe Ruth Babe as Ruth. an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that. Yeah, exactly. And the calling bat just like shot, flies out of my hands. Like, you're like whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Like no, you're you're supposed to hit the ball. I'm like I'm supposed to do what? And then it just crushes my skull. Like, yeah, no, that's I'm Babe Ruth, but he just throws the baseball bat across the field accidentally as he's as he's trying to swing at it, and the pitcher's like, I didn't even wind up yet. He shouldn't. There's no way that should have happened. He's trying to walk the bases. I love the idea of instead of like a celebrity pitch at a baseball game, they like make them be the batter. The pitcher's just aiming for his forehead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That would rock. Man, I like baseball, but it could be so much cooler. We could be trying to injure celebrities constantly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We start with everyone pitch, on but, the yeah. exit list. Yeah. Best batters <laughs> at every MLB game. Yeah, it's a, it's a celebrity pitch, but the batter just rushes the pitcher's mound and beats the person <laughs> to death with the baseball bat. Yeah, also the uh, the Epstein thing. Did that actually drop? I was so cynical. I was convinced that There's it wasn't going to. There's stuff on Twitter. Yeah, I've seen the stuff about Stephen Hawking, and I'm not sure if it's a meme or not. But um, um I, It was on my feed, but I can't find it. Yeah, I've also... Second batch I've, of documents unsealed. 
Yeah, all right, listeners, you get to join us as we Google something real quick. In the meantime, I will say, Alan Dershowitz has, as he always does when this, uh, whenever anything to do with Epstein drops, he's been posting through it. It's especially crazy because I feel like he, of all people, has just a decent excuse for being on the pedophile island, which is to say, he's a lawyer. Naomi Campbell? What? Hang on. (laughs) Really? Okay. There's some I'm more and less surprised about. Leonardo DiCaprio, I am not surprised about. Yeah. They're a little old for him, I think. Um, Amy Campbell is crazy, though. What is going on there? Um, ah, I found the, the Hindustan Times have a list of names for me. So let's find out. Hundreds oh, of I'm pages just, of documents. I'm just reading. There's not... Kate Blanchett. Wow. That's a bummer. David Copperfield. That... Makes sense to me, I think. That I can't does explain why, but it's. I like that Jeffrey Epstein is number 29 on this list of names. And it's because they're <laughs> alphabetical, but it's also like, yeah, man, I figured that he was probably on Lolita Express. Bruce Willis. No, that's okay. He doesn't remember. Um, okay. Al Gore is really funny because I can just picture this nerd getting dragged on to the Lolita Express by Bill. You know, just going like, come on, Al, it's going to be fun. He's just like dragging him <laughs> onto the, he's like, I don't want to go on the pedophile jet. Please. <laughs> I feel like Bill Clinton's name is just on there like 17 times. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, Kevin Spacey. I don't, that one wasn't, we didn't already know that, right? I mean, everybody. We didn't already know Spacey. that, but we knew he was like fucked up. Yeah. He's the pedophile who killed a bunch of people. Like we all yeah. know that Kevin Spacey's doing it, but I don't think any of us like knew for a fact. Um. Hmm. Well, I'll be a uh, perusing that, like seeing names as I'm like trying to scroll away. And um, apologies. So while I'm home, I'm uh I'm sitting in the basement to record, and uh, we just wound yeah. our clock today. Um, so I don't know if that came through or not, but uh, it did a little bit, not too bad. All right, good, good. Um, it was so loud that I could barely hear myself think. So I was like, well, we're just going to have to wait this one out, I think. But, um, but yeah, no, Alan Dershowitz has just been like posting through it. Uh, I don't remember if it was with this batch of documents or if this is just circulating again because of how crazy it is. But he was like, I hope that Epstein recorded things and I hope that the recordings are made public so I can be cleared of all wrongdoing. And that is a crazy thing to wish. Yeah. Saying I want the pedophile to release his sex tapes is such a crazy way to prove that you aren't a pedophile. Like, that is insane. <laughs> this guy's supposed to be one of these. He's such a famous criminal lawyer. And somehow this is his best defense is like, well, your honor, why don't you watch hours of child pornography? And then we'll see who the pedophile is, won't we? Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So anyway, Epstein, folks, it's uh, it's all real. Bruce Wayne's name was on there, too. I couldn't help but notice. Yeah, uh, I did notice that. wonder if it's anyone's suspicious. going to make a screenplay about that sort of thing, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> I re-listened to that over the last semester. Yeah. It's it's crazy how it's the greatest Batman story ever written. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Bill Quinton being the only likable character by the end of it somehow, not the... That wasn't the direction I was expecting it to go. I've got to say. But am um, I disappointed? Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. Like the, Bruce, Bruce is there. He's like, I need to kill everyone. Also, I've molested children. And Bill Clinton's going like, chill out, Bruce. Have a beer. Just 
have a teenager. And you're like, how how am I on this guy's side? I shouldn't be on this guy's side. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's what I'll do after we record. Just uh, listen to Old Coward Hour, maybe specifically that. Oh, yeah. I Oh, a couple weeks ago, you asked me about my video game. Like, what, mm-hmm. what the video game I've been playing lately is. Um, it's autistic, unfortunately, is the answer. I guess no surprise there. Um, are you familiar with American Truck Simulator? Yes. Yeah, I discovered you can upload your own files to the game and listen to them <laughs> on the radio. So, <laughs> I spent... Have you been listening to Coward Hour through a... Yeah, I spent an hour one night going through, like, there's that Google Drive of, like, all the free ones and all the Patreon episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I downloaded the whole thing to my laptop and then went through and, like, renamed them all so that they had, like, the names of the episode titles. This is uh, so autistic, Matt. Oh, it's crazy. And then I uploaded them all to American Truck Simulator, and now I just have my own Coward Hour live radio. Now, it occurred to me, basically the moment that I finished doing this, that I could just have Coward Hour live radio going in another window. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the satisfaction of a job well done helps this sort of Question. Does it have, like, radio quality? Does it, like, add that to the audio files? Oh, I wish. No, it does not. Um, oh, damn. So it's really no different. Yeah, it is. I'm Except you get to just... press the radio button and it plays. Yeah, I'm listening to Coward Hour and also, like, running families off the road in my giant truck because I'm, you know... <laughs> I'm you're like 50 miles life. out from a delivery. Oh, it's fantastic. In your dream love. life, you're a truck driver and Coward Hour is still around. So. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. It, <laughs> I live the dream life that, weirdly enough, I, in my dream life, it's also Nick and Brendan's dream, which is to say Coward Hour is like a pirate radio thing off the mm-hmm. coast. You know, they're doing that. And I'm their only listener as I like haul freight from one end of California to another. <laughs> um, and I'm just saying the year is young. Who knows where it will take me? Uh, Who knows? We'll, we'll see. I feel like truck driver might be, not be the best idea for someone whose vice is alcohol, but. I hate to admit it. Genuinely, I've thought about that before. I'm like, man, I didn't love <laughs> alcohol so much. I'd be a great driver. Uh, <laughs> which is probably not the direction that I should be thinking about that, which is you know, <laughs> I'm like, man, if I want to be a driver, I got to stop. And I'm, like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, one of these has to go. And I know which one it is. Um. Yeah, I have thought about that before. Um, the new house, it's walking distance from uh, my campus. Not that that has anything to do with what we were just saying. Is this, uh, oh, it's all good. Side note. But um, something for me to consider about my uh, my career as a driver and a student. Huh? Um, <laughs> Not much you got to drive for, huh? Exactly. It's fantastic. Um Get, like, a meal plan, even though you're not, like, living on campus, and just never leave. Just never yeah. drive anywhere, except yeah. to the liquor store. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, every now and then, I'll take a, a one-day <laughs> tolerance break. Um, I still, yeah. I like the, I've been doing that, like, using, like, weed terms to talk about being an alcoholic. That's uh, really good. Yeah. It makes you, because we, people who smoke weed will never admit that they're addicted to it, right? Yeah. So it's like it gives the alcoholic the air of it's not addictive. What are you talking about? It's from the earth. It's made from wheat. Like it can't be bad for me. Um, How can anything from the earth be bad for you? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, you know, vodka is sort of a body high, but when you drink bourbon, it's like a mind high. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
bro, I can't drink tequila. It makes me paranoid. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's very much the I stopped doing shots. I only do mixed drinks now is going from dab to flower. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Also having whimsical names for it, like flower. Yeah, that's I feel like that that it can't be doing anything good, you know. No. I feel like there should be big Surgeon General's warnings on like even things that aren't that addictive. Like my Diet Coke, I wish it was just like a huge Surgeon General's warning about aspartame on there. Um just to sort of help give me that thrill. You know, it's like do yeah. not drink this if you're pregnant. And then underneath it it says like, I mean it probably won't do anything, but like who knows, maybe you shouldn't. Says so that at the bottom of the can. Actually it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh. I'd love to just get a label maker and go to town on like a shipment of bottles. Um, I thought about buying a label maker and then I realized how like lame adult thing that is to do. And I was like, I had a little bit of a crisis because I bought 40 more clothes hangers because I have so many clothes. Yep. And also like pantry organizing things. Oh, Joey. And it's alarming how similar we've been lately. I also, <laughs> like, not only did I buy, pan- like, organizer things, I also considered buying a label maker. I was like, Ugh, I don't want to be that. Right? Which, I think my next big purchase oh. will be a fancy toaster. Because I have, like, an $8 one that doesn't even have yep. a crumb tray. And I'm starting to get worried it's going to catch on fire. Yeah. No, the toaster without a crumb tray is powerful. You're like, how do you mm-hmm. clean it out? Oh, you turn it upside down and shake it every couple days and just sort of yep. hope that you don't break it or, like set loose a demon that's been trapped there uh, <laughs> it's bad it's bad yeah but i like i'm willing to spend 30 dollars on like a toaster that's gonna last me the next 20 years yeah exactly and this is the problem we started thinking about things like that where we go like well let's think about how heavy it is for when i have to move apart oh my god how, when did i start considering these right things? Um, i legitimately was like is it worth like unpacking all my christmas presents because i'm moving in like a month <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't put together any of my Lego sets until I move, because moving yep. Legos is a pain. And I was like, what is wrong with me? What am I doing? I'm going to put them together again. Uh, yeah. Right. That's the great part about Legos. If they fall apart, you put them back together. And if you lost a little instructional book, you know what you do? You make it up. Oh, you can also do that. Um, you can also Google it. That is true. I, yeah, my brothers and I years ago, because we were just terrible with those instruction books. Somehow we managed to lose those way more often than we would lose even the tiniest Lego pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's like a website that just has all of them, uh, like organized by set number. You're like, oh, this is fantastic. And I um, think their that, app does that too. Does it? Oh, fantastic. See, that's the thing. I was always the, uh, I was the Lego enjoyer of the family, but never the like the true connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was always sort of on the periphery, observing the Legos being built, helping out maybe. You know, I'd build like a wing on a TIE fighter or something like that as they went. Um, Toast would uh, like to join my bed. Yeah, Toast is saying hello. Um, um, my cat snoring over there. I, I got three Lego sets this year, or four. One of them is like, oh my God. One of them is like <laughs> fake Legos. But the other ones are... Uh, I got two of the botanical sets and oh, a Dobby from my cousin, which is a little terrifying, I won't lie, like from Harry Potter. Wait, I'm sorry. It was Dobby? Just like a big Lego Dobby? Mm-hmm. Looking that up right now. It's uh, terrifying. I don't know how I feel about it. 
but Ooh, I got the yeah, same. This is a little scary. Like Lego bouquet of flowers as I did last year, and my parents were like, "Do you want us to return it?" And I was like, "No, no." Now I'll have a better looking and larger bouquet of Lego flowers, (laughs) which might be one of the most autistic things I've ever done. So I have a very nice bouquet of Lego flowers in a vase right now. No, that's so sick. I love like the floor. The Lego floral displays are so cool. I have the succulents one right here. And then I have the orchid as well. Yeah, I've also been trying to uh, I've been considering what I'm going to do with my succulents and all my other plants in my uh, my new apartment. Um, is there is enough window space to like, or a balcony? There's not a balcony. Hmm. And I forgot to check the windowsill size when I was like huh. checking out the apartment. You might just have to get a little like cabinet thing and put them all in. Yeah. Top. That's the thing is I have like, I have my bookshelf and I have a desk, both of which I took from my, from the schoolhouse. Um, and they're currently sitting in a storage unit. Uh, when my lease is up and I have to leave this apartment, who knows what I'm doing with these things? Uh, but for the time being, I have them. And they can hold most of my plants. I'm just trying to figure out if the windows are big enough for all of my plants to get light. And these are, as I said before, yeah, for sure. other, like, chillingly normal adult thing for me to be thinking about. Jesus like, Christ, well, how, how much sunlight will my plants get? No, I shouldn't be doing that. I should be trying to alphabetize slurs in my mind or something. I don't know. Well, that's... I've already done all those things. Um, I already have that one committed to memory, so I had to think yeah. of something else. I'm like the warrior that becomes a poet. I'm like, well, I have already, I have defeated all of the most powerful racist samurai in this land. Now it is time for me to learn the art of haikus. Um, but in my case, that's just caring, doing the basic amount of care for myself and my plants. Oh, 100%. Uh, She's playing with her bong. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell. And I'm a big fan. Uh, as a side note. I got another BarkBox subscription for Christmas, which was sick. Oh, so nice. I have so many cool dog toys, and I'm getting so many cool ones every month. It's only like two every month and then a couple bags of treats, but that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want to have too many treats, I mean, too many toys too quickly, because then that's oh, its, its own set of problems. Well, they also got me a dog-shaped picnic basket to put all of her toys in. Okay. I'm not dog that. shaped, like bone, dog bone shaped. Oh, okay. Makes way more sense. Um, yeah, I was trying to imagine it, but I was like, I'm on board with this, even though I don't <laughs> really know how it works. No, it's, yeah, it's shaped like a dog bone. It's very cute, and I, I leave it open for her, and she just digs in there, because she definitely has, like, dog ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> where, like, she gets tired of a toy in, like, 45 seconds and moves on to the next one, except for a couple, which she will play with no matter what. She has one that looks like like a Chinese takeout box. She really likes that one right now. Um, and then a ball that looks like the Statue of Liberty, like its head, and has a little okay. crown on it made out of fabric. She's a she's a fetching machine now. She learned it from my mom's dog. Sorry, I just um I got distracted by the Discord. John was responding to me and calling me out for my love of first reformed and saying it is definitely a Matt movie in the spiral chat. Um. <laughs> He says, Pepto, Pepto and whiskey sounds like a Matt concoction. And I went, I'm not going to comment on that, I think. Um, I did see a Pepto-Bismol dog toy out today. It ooh, came okay. it came in a pack where it was pizza and Pepto. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's fantastic. And yeah, that's pretty good. It, but I was like, that's so good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now I'm just sort of laughing at other, like, good combinations of that, but they get steadily more concerning. It's like, yeah, it's like Sprite and Codeine. Um, (laughs) 
two things that go together. <laughs> the first one's like orange and toothpaste, and it's like a joke, and then yeah, <laughs> and then immediately takes a really dark turn. Uh, mm-hmm. like, yeah, whiskey bottle and revolt. A spoon and uh, heroin. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, remember over the summer when I stopped drinking and I just accidentally made lean like a week before. I yeah. Came? Man. What a strange time in my life that I just did that without thinking. About it. Oh, God. It happens. It happens to the best yeah. of us. And me as well. Um, so, Matt, do you want to talk about this video? No, but we must. Um, <laughs> because there's so much to say. <laughs> this week we watched, as promised, nostalgia critic Les Mis. And Which boy. includes our favorite side character, Pa. Yeah, who has marginally better facial hair this time. He does. And gets a love interest. Which All right. I'm yes, sure bye. you have things to say about that. Oh, I do. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is, it's a fascinating one. As a side note, I realized like five minutes before we started, Doug made a nostalgia critic for To Boldly Flee. And um, we probably should have watched that this week. That would have been smart and on theme of us. Also, we maybe we would have been able to decipher the plot because, you know, um, yeah, we'll do it next week uh, because um, I have thought about it several times since watching it. It's just a baffling film. But yeah, so this is his re- musical review of Les Mis. And I want to uh, say right off the bat, there is so much less effort put into this than the Moulin Rouge one. Yeah, they put much less effort in. Also, some of the singing was tolerable this time, which mm-hmm. I appreciated. That was good. I feel like I couldn't. So. As a musical and also as a book, Les Mis is very important to me, right? Right. I am. Yeah. Um, I have a long and storied history with it. Um. As uh, I think we've discussed on the podcast before. I'm sure we um, have. I'm having a random time <laughs> watching Toast in the background there. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's, I, uh, <laughs> I keep losing my train of thought. Uh, but, so I'm not a fan of the movie, right? Uh, and yes. no one is. Like, uh, even no one people loves who, it. No one who's seen the musical or even heard the musical likes the movie, right? Yeah, I sure hope not. Well, I feel like it was kind of let me look it up because i want to say it was a little it was, well re- it was yeah. like semi well received i think yeah let's take a look 2012 film go to rotten tomatoes where is rotten tomatoes Please well like there's some stuff about the movie i don't hate like yeah. largely it looks pretty yeah it looks pretty good uh wow yeah 79 percent audience score 70 mm-hmm. percent uh critics that's about what um, i would have guessed yeah, that's honestly a good deal higher than I would have guessed. But also, I forget that lame, I mean that Rotten Tomatoes just insanely inflates everything. Well, uh, the aggregate scoring just makes no sense on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I could get into the minutia, but there's no. Yeah, point. I guess I should probably let's check out Metacritic. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Let me check out Letterbox. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, boy, it's rough, and I just immediately I'm like, well, this one is definitely more accurate. It's just not as fun to say as Rotten Tomatoes, you know. True. Uh. Mm-hmm. Search it up. 63 on Metacritic. Okay, so, that's a little more yeah. what I was expecting. It's. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. the first time watching this movie. I think was on a church musical trip. 
which is weird time to see it with the church, but you know. Yeah, that it is. is. It's a little wild. Um, it was like on the bus, and it was back when we were still allowed to watch PG-13 movies on the bus. <laughs> so we really took advantage of that. Yeah, in the Halcyon days, you know, before before it really all went south. Um, so yeah, all that is to say, I don't like the movie. And this review so many times made me want to defend the movie. Well, the movie is how I got introduced to Lamez, so it does hold some part in my heart, but not sentimental value. Yeah, but I see it and I don't love it, you know? Yeah, yeah, which I think is fair. Um, But so many of the criticisms that they make throughout this like review are things that are also just true of the musical. Yes, that's the problem I had with with it. They were all like, we're all really big fans of the book and musical. However, the movie sucks. And then they're talking about things like plot plot. points. This doesn't make any sense. Comes directly from the stage musical, right? (laughs) Which comes quite directly, I would like Mm -hmm. to note, from the book. There's a couple differences, right? Like the Tenardiers are just villains in the uh, in the book. They are terrifying and evil and not very funny. Um, And admittedly, would have been very fun to watch. Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bottom Carter just try to be objectively <laughs> repulsive people who aren't funny at all. Um, but I'm, yeah, the musicals did. like so. There's changes, but like so many of their criticisms were like it. So much happens in this. One of the most famously long, and also I'd like to note, beautiful. Like it's a fantastic mm-hmm. book. It's beautifully written, but it is long. I'm not. I will defend the 75 pages he spends talking about the Parisian sewer system. But I won't defend it very passionately. He probably could have afforded to cut that down a little bit. Um, and, like, they're like, the plot is too busy. And I'm like, can you not keep up with that many characters in your head? Like, this first act and the second act, because it's a musical, there's really only yeah. the two acts, um, are very, very different in terms of character and, like, cast composition. Yeah. And it's... And that's like, common in musicals, to yeah. have different characters focused on in the second half because you don't want like it'd be really boring if we just watched like four people perhaps uh stand around and sing over and over Um, imagine if mama mia was just focused on amanda seyfried's character yeah exactly it would suck it would suck and her fiance that would get like one song out of oh yeah where they do uh um lay all your love on me and Mm -hmm. then our Attacked from the oceans by uh, <laughs> the scuba gear wearing men. Man, that movie's so good. But um, <laughs> um, it's also like I feel like this the movie because, like I said, it is it's the musical. It's just that the music is worse. Mm-hmm. The musical does a good job of like balancing all of these characters, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I've never really, even when I was little, when I listened to the musical, I was never like, wait. Who are these guys? Right, right. Like I, no. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. Maybe I'm exceptionally good at understanding musicals. I just uh, but... think, <laughs> like, it's very clear who the characters are, and they all have very clear motivations, and they're yeah. all fairly well fleshed out for like a composition cast. Yeah, like it's not like you look at Eponine and go like, I wonder what her deal is, right? Right. Like, <laughs> you can. You might even honestly be able to make like the opposite criticism of like the play. I'm sure that people have, right? Where you go like, this is mm-hmm. such a dense book. You've you've stripped out so much of it to make it like remotely comprehensible in mm-hmm. like a two hour runtime. 
Uh, yeah. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but like, I feel like it's, it's a very strange criticism to go like, there's too much happening here. And then also to constantly complain that like, they don't show things like Doug yes. gets so angry in the last review. Doug was angry at the concept of love not being explained here. He's <laughs> angry at the passage of time occurring in film. Um, I, Oh, what a treasure Doug is. I completely forgot about him being angry that they didn't explain the concept of love. Yeah, exactly. It's like everyone, everyone talks about it, but no one says what it is. Yeah, yes, Doug, we just sort of assume that you all, I love, he's watching this. He's like, everyone's talking about France, but no one tells me what France, I don't know where they are. What, <laughs> what's wrong with the streets of Chicago where presumably all movies take place? One of my other big beefs with the review is Doug is trying to be, like, the cool, famous one. Yeah, which is... Which, like, I hated. Like, the bit where no one else can do the snare drum, except yeah. for him, because it's, like, his channel. It's like, what? what is this? What are you doing, Doug? Don't, don't do this. Don't be this person. Whatever this person is, I don't want you to be it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a baffling review from start to finish and i feel like they're like i said they're criticisms and i'll admit again some of the problems with this movie i think are that they do just a little too literally translate a couple different like things from the stage musical to the movie right like yeah in like a, a musical it's a little less unheard of for like suddenly like 15 years have gone by as the curtain is lowered <laughs> because you know it's a play you just sort of need to accept that but like i feel like we we all are smart enough to accept that sort of thing when it happens in a movie too. Like time yes. skips aren't, they're not unheard of in film no. either. Like, Doug really like, hated that movie that was filmed like over the course of the guy's life or he really yeah, like, loved it. Cause it showed every year. Yeah. I was going to say boyhood. Like Doug is like, yeah. ah, finally I understand what was going on. <laughs> and sometimes I get so confused when like the, the guy is older at, at the end of the movie. I go, what happened there? And now I know. He watched Benjamin Button and his mind just exploded. <laughs> Which, um, it, and in his defense, yeah, objectively an insane movie. Um, oh, that one's crazy. It's so sick. Uh, but yeah, so we get, um, but yeah, over the course of the review, yeah, it's Doug. I don't remember the name of the guy who isn't Paw, but the other dude. Um, um, I can find it really fast. Yeah, hang on. Kyle. Kyle. Ah, how could I forget? Kyle. Kyle. Um, <laughs> good and memorable name there. Um. Yeah, and Paul, I'd like to note, doesn't have just a soul patch anymore. Well, like, not even a soul patch, but, like, the wispy goatee that he did in To Boldly Flee. So we're making some progress here in the, uh, like I said, just sort of continuing with what I think about all of this review. It's not good, but we're getting better. We're we're making progress. Uh, you're right, though. A lot of his criticism is they didn't show this. How did it happen? Like, he's like, yeah. how did... How did he become mayor? That doesn't make any sense. And like yeah. objectively a little weird, but like there were there were no background checks. Like anyone could run for mayor and if people yeah. liked him, they could be mayor. Yeah, and like the musical I feel was sort of written with the assumption that people had the basic understanding of the book, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like they just sort of went, well, it's not very interesting to do the part of the book where Victor Hugo just sort of recites eight years of Jean Valjean's life. Yeah. And says, like, here is how, after 
the beautiful and moving scene in which the the priest forgives him and tells him that like he needs to go and be a man of God. Here's how he did that for eight uneventful years before the plot <laughs> happened. He, he does it a little bit, but musical, I think, wisely went, all right, well, we'll show the really powerful emotional part that everyone knows. Yeah. And then we'll skip to the next powerful emotional part that everyone knows. Yes. Thank you. It's kind of the good thing about condensing a book into a musical, and oftentimes people do this very poorly, is you can kind of do like a best of situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like you said, if you're not careful, you can cut out a little too much and then it mm-hmm. becomes like incoherent. But I think Les Mis does a, a rather good hot take. I like this musical. I think it's good. Um, I think it's good too. I just love the music so much. Yeah, it's just so good. It's fantastic. Uh, which is why I feel like the movie is so easy to criticize, as a side note, because I rewatched that Sideways video that I was talking about last time we mm-hmm. mentioned the uh, Les Mis video. Yeah, uh, so I was right. They didn't do, like, click tracks or have the... They had the musicians play through with recordings of the singers after the fact. Also, Hugh Jackman, apparently, for, like, the first scene, didn't drink water for 36 hours. Um, I'm not a professional vocalist, but even I, like, almost method acting doesn't work that. for musicals. No, it does quite notably. You need to take care of your voice, or it goes away. Um, like genuinely, kind of insane that uh, he didn't like damage his voice forever doing that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the music is not very good, mm-hmm. uh, and they occasionally make observations about that but the issue i think is that i don't know about these other guys doug doesn't seem to know very much about music which is weird considering the fact that we know that he is a singer trained vocalist he's a singer he he of all people should be able to go hey that's that's not very good i think i think we should probably investigate why and maybe talk about the crazy circumstances that this was filmed under well that requires him to do some research and he will not do that yeah, and instead they'll, like, clip half-second clips where it's like, don't they sound funny there? It's like, yeah, sometimes you do sound a little funny when you sing, especially when you don't get the song. You just get them going like, oh, uh, you're like, yeah, that, that movement between notes does sound a little strange, Doug. You're right. Uh, I just don't understand with the movie why they didn't. Because, like, if they would have had the singers sing it in one take, it would have the same feel as them doing it live on set, right? Yes. Yes. And, and instead, they're like, all right, we're going to do it live on set for eight hours straight. So not only will you sound bad, you will also be exhausted. You're like, oh, perfect. Like, what are you doing? In a studio with a click track, they could still sing it all in one take and you'd still get like the breaths for air and the like. Yeah. Or you could even you have them it... sing it on set and like silence it. That would yeah, also work. I was going to say. Like, do it, like, on set, but with an accompaniment going in the mm-hmm. background. So that way you can still get, like, the spontaneity of the in-the-moment acting or whatever it was that he was going for. Yeah. Uh, I think part of it was because you can tell when people aren't singing because their, like, throat doesn't yeah. move at all. I think yeah, that was exactly. part of it from what I read is that he wanted just, it to actually look like they were singing. And in order for it not to be, like, a weird, uncanny valley thing, they have to actually be singing. Yeah, and it's just, you know, you look at it you can go... But every other musical is fine. You know, yeah. like I feel we've we've accepted musicals as a concept. Well, some mm-hmm. of us have. Doug is still a little confused by the passage of time and what love is. But the rest of us, we've we've accepted. That Has Doug done a review of Rent? Because I want to see that. <laughs> oh, I'm about to find out. 
I want to know the jokes he makes. Let's see. No, he doesn't look like he has. He'd be so baffled by Angel as a character. Ooh, but Lindsay Ellis has talked about Rent. Mm. Much to consider. He'd be like, they're a drag queen and a drummer? Yeah. Pick one! Um, <laughs> I also would like it if, uh, you know, the movies, uh, this is back in his old school, like the classic edgy internet reviewer thing, where he's like, this movie gave me air! And he just pauses and gets really somber, and he goes, I shouldn't have made that joke in this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, <laughs> having a trans person in a movie and Doug watching it just sounds like a recipe for a disaster. Yeah, there, there's no way that ends well for anyone involved, I think. Uh, um, Maybe that's why he hasn't done it. Yeah, probably. he just looks at it and he goes, there's, I, I probably shouldn't. Even Doug sometimes knows when to keep it in the holster and just go, well, let's, let's just keep moving. Um, why would they want to open on? up a restaurant in Santa Fe? <laughs> <laughs> Santa Fe sucks! He's watching Newsies. Santa Fe sucks. Like, he just really is anti-Santa Fe. That's just yeah. a concept. Um, there are no prairie um, dogs in Santa Fe. Just, like, very <laughs> specific. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to talk about with this review is the music. Well, actually, first, I want to uh, I want to continue my lukewarm defense of Russell Crowe. Yes. That I offered last episode, which is to say, yes, Russell Crowe is a good singer. Um, he just, like everyone else, uh, was, you know, hung out to dry. They abandoned my boy on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I, as someone who has sung several songs for Javert before, because, you know, you don't get many things in my vocal range, right? Uh, let me tell you, I would also struggle if I was standing alone and singing a cappella on stage, just sort of like from memory yeah. without any help 100%, 100%. at all. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably drift slightly off pitch too. I mean, it's a miracle that Anne Hathaway did what she did under those circumstances. And Amanda Seyfried, for that matter. Yeah, oh, she kills it. That was crazy. Um, Because I did, like, I rewatched, like, just a couple clips of the songs, too, just to sort of, like, mm-hmm. get the memory fresh I in my mind. I the soundtrack. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think Anne Hathaway, like how Russell Crowe sort of unfairly takes the fall, I think Anne Hathaway is maybe uh, a little more hyped up than she should be, which is to say, she, as as acting goes, she's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. She doesn't sound fantastic when she sings I no. Dreamed a Dream because, you know, she but sounds that, like she's dying. Yeah, um, that works because of the acting. Yeah, and I it think works that because, it's a beautiful scene. Yeah. I just, you know, I personally, I, I like my music to sound good in musicals. Um, and that's where but, Amanda Seyfried comes in. Yeah, and that's where Amanda Seyfried, yeah. Cosette kills that incredibly hard role. Yeah, Cosette and Epony. Honestly, even um whatever uh, British boy's name is, the guy playing Marius. Eddie Redmayne. Um, Eddie Redmayne. All three of them, honestly, do they do a quite pleasant job. They yeah. do. That cast of younger characters, Yeah, they have and something helps, behind their that, eyes, you know? Yeah, they have something behind their eyes, and, you know, they're singing with each other so they can, like, stay mm-hmm. in tune a little easier because they aren't just, like, cut free and sent to wander the oceans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I want to talk about the music in the review. Okay, yeah. What did you think of it? I did it was not bad, enjoy obviously. it. But um, um, like I said, there's so much less passion in this one than the Moulin Rouge one even. And I didn't realize that I would miss Lindsay Ellis in a musical review. I know. I kept like. Were you right there with me on that? It was crazy. 
every time the door opened, I would catch myself hoping it would be, and then going, what am I doing? Hang like, on. Like, when they introduced the girl, I was like, I'm upset. That's not Lindsay Ellis. And I was like, yeah. why am I upset that that's not Even Lindsay weirder. Ellis? If I remember right, that's like one of the girls who's always collaborating with Lindsay Ellis. Like she's always showing up in her videos, if I remember, or at least she looks like it. So for a half second, I was like, oh, right. It's going to, no, never mind. It's not. Um, that's just I, cause love interest. Yeah. That one song the, especially irked me. That one was, and that's the thing. That one, I will say, I think the the lack of effort in a weird way at times can make this video feel slightly more charming because it feels mm-hmm. like you have, it's harder to remember how much money there is behind it. Um, yeah. So like, it was a simple joke, but I didn't hate the joke where, um, you know, he uh, he's complaining about falling in love at first sight and then does. You're like, all right, this has been done See, before. See, but the problem with this review and, is I'm they never kidding. explain what love is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was sitting there and I was going, but what are they feeling right now? I can't tell. Uh, what is this? They spend so much time talking about it. Um, Linkara does sing, as a side note, and um, mm-hmm. that was, well, it was Linkara singing. Yeah, um, yeah, it certainly was. I think after I, two weeks of hearing Lindsay sing, it's great yeah. not to have it. Yeah, you just, you notice the absence, you know, you don't, re- you don't know what you have until it's gone. Um. And then, yeah, I just, even, especially Strange was, like, the songs, because, like, as you watch the songs, I mean, as you listen to the songs, very few of them are, like, actual outright parodies, at least that I could tell, right? Like, so many of them, they were, like, clearly, they were, like, like, they would follow, like, arpeggiated scales when they did, like, their version of like stars or whatever but like it's not the actual music and so then it just which makes their not great singing in my opinion even more noticeable Mm -hmm. because if they were just doing a parody you'd go well it's the song i know and i feel like as a parody musician you can sort of get away with a lot because if you can hold mostly to the tune that you're parodying everyone will understand it because they're busy laughing at the new lyrics Exactly. But all of their songs were written to like sound like the song that they're doing, but not actually be the song. Strange choice. Yeah. I don't know Which if it was just, like a copyright thing. It probably was. That's what I'm thinking it is. But, but like, I don't think that would be an issue. No. If you're singing I, over top mm, of it. Yeah. Hmm. You could even like write like a simpler like karaoke style version of the yeah, tracks you're parodying, 100%. right? Like you don't even have to lift the audio. Uh, but it's just, it was a very strange choice. And every time they started singing, it meant that I was like always kind of like cocking my head, just like waiting for it to be what it was supposed to be. And it never really was. I like, um, I saw a person on TikTok today being like, if you're having to change the tune of the song you're parodying, maybe you should think of better lyrics. Yeah, exactly. You should think of better like, lyrics. Or choose something like in your register, right? Like, because notice yeah. a lot of the yeah. times that like the songs, when you're listening to them and going, oh, this sounds almost like ah, but they don't do the high notes. That's the notable difference I've discovered there. Like, um, how do they have a Cosette character that's not a soprano? Baffling like, move. Insane, insane <laughs> move. Um, but just yeah. Have her play Epstein. If you had one girl, yeah, that was an alto. Give her the alto part. Yeah, you could redo that same, like, the same, like, style of joke that you do Except in Except she's, like, Flea. looking on with him in love with, like, something else. It doesn't even have yeah, to be a person. Say, 
doesn't even have to be a per- it could literally just be that he wants to film the review and she's like yeah. looking on like i'm desperately in love with him right yes and then man, i hate that we keep like trying to punch up these scripts because we spent so much time we spent so much time with doug that we can't help but think of his style of humor better um, yes it's true it's true um oh, i agree though it's like that would have been a better joke and they could have made the exact same criticism of like, a, how was she in love with this guy if he doesn't even know like that yeah. she exists, basically? Yeah, and as a side, we could have made a friend zone joke. Yeah, there's so many places you could have gone. As a side, that's another change from the music uh, from the book that the musical does. In the book, Marius does not care happening. Like she's still like obsessed with him, and when she dies, he basically spends like a page going like, "Huh, I think I knew her once. I don't remember." Anyway, I'm off to go get married. I'm in love. <laughs> uh, Man and, of the people. Uh, He's so cool. Um, like, anyway, my boys are busy getting shot, so I got to deal with that. Uh, <laughs> we need yeah. Deirdre Maris. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very weird choice. Um, and I think that it's more of a... I don't know if it's more of a he doesn't care and just wanted... He, like, wrote it, and then she was the only girl, and she, he was like, well, okay. Or if... She was like, I want to sing Cosette's part. And he was like, okay. And just left. Yeah. I feel like it was probably just that he was like, what are the girls that we can get? And then just went, what are the girls in Les Mis? And he's like, well, we have Madame Tenardier and Cosette. And those are the only women in the musical. Because, you know, Linkara notably sings their I Dream to Dream parody. Mm-hmm. Um, Does anyone and, uh, sing for Eponine at all? No, I don't think so. Um... That'd be funny their... if Doug was confused and by the boy costume and thought Eponine was a guy <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> then there's this little gay guy. I don't know what his deal is. Um, uh, but, um, sorry, I don't know why I just thought of this. Oh, it's because I just accidentally jumped to, like, the parody, their version of One Day More, which suffers most from the, uh, the thing we were just talking about with the music. Because, as a yes. side note, Rental Floss is just doing Javert's part from One Day More. Yes. Like, um, but no one else is doing One Day More. So it makes it even more jarring because he's just doing like the do 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 And you're like, oh, it's it's the thing. No, it's that's not more. the thing that's I know. supposed to happen oh. there. <laughs> oh, no. Um, for a better version of One Day More being is parodied. Is he singing the exact words? No, he's a okay. it's because he's still singing about how he wants to be in the review. Okay, um, that's what I thought, but I remember it being very similar. Yeah, uh, and then sorry, now I'm just watching. I the love the idea of him singing like the "They will wet themselves in blood" and the guys <laughs> like <laughs> like whoa. <laughs> okay, once Rental. again, a funnier joke. Yeah, just yeah, have him just actually doing the music. I still feel like with the suicide, he should have just shot himself in the head. Um, oh, yes. Been... That would have been. Jesus Christ. Yeah. As a I side know they could not have done that, but they should have. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, we're punching it up and we're like, yeah, they should have just been good. Did they ever think about that? Um, <laughs> what were you uh, saying? Oh, well, I got distracted because I, I don't hate the Todd in the Shadows bit as a side. No, note. me neither. People keep joining the review. He saw. Uh, I don't remember what it was. It was some mysterious animal, like a made-up animal. He's like, guys, you got to check this out. And I'm like, no, no, we have too much going on already. 
And then he gets just a brief appearance in there, like one day more parody where mm-hmm. he's singing about the animal you saw. I was like, okay, I don't hate that. that was yeah, good. I didn't hate that either. Um, uh, the bathtub suicide scene. <laughs> it's strangely crazy. charming. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to. It's hard not to. Let me rephrase that before I say the initial sentence. Just to say, it's hard not to smile at the idea of one of these guys killing themselves. Um, <laughs> no, it's they, just, uh, it's jarring. The juxtaposition yeah. between that and the rest of the review is pretty funny. Yeah, and just how quickly they move on from it. It's it's a yeah, decent show. Yeah, they're just show, like, right? damn. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, which I think is a good way to parody the pace of the musical, right? Which is yes. sort of similar, where Bear dies, and it's he just doesn't really come up again. And everyone goes, that's fine. It's okay. Uh, the bit but, about the the sound effect I didn't hate, the adding the yeah, different sound effects that. and falling. I think it could have been cut a little bit differently, and that would have been better. Yeah, they probably could have trimmed it down. But it is just, it's an objectively funny sound. Right. As yes. we, we spent like we probably could have trimmed down our own time laughing about it last mm-hmm. week. So, you know, we don't have much room to cast stones on this one. Um, no, I'm not even saying trim it down. I think that it would have been better if each of the clips themselves were longer and there are fewer of them. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, because they do play it like seven times. And each and they're like, all just the sound effect. Like it's not him falling and then the sound effect, which is probably what makes the sound effect so funny yeah, like the juxtaposition is it's like the the big violin and him falling and it's all emotional in the hair bonk bonk <laughs> like that's what's funny about it it's not the bonk sound it's yeah. the scene leading up to the bonk sound yeah it's how unexpected it is within the context of mm-hmm. the movie so if they um, just did the violin him falling and then a sound and did that like two or three times i think that, that yeah. would have been a better once again, great. punching him up, unfortunately, but I yeah. think that that would have been a better choice. I, and I agree. But yeah, we do get um, Rental Floss kills himself after they reveal that they uh, they don't want to. They don't want him in the review. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just steps into the bathroom and falls face first into the bathtub and the same little sound effect plays. And uh, yeah, it's hard not to chuckle with that. Um, yeah. I thought Rental Floss that, all in all in this video was probably the strongest character. Yeah, he was the strongest one because he's doing like his Russell Crowe impersonation through mm-hmm. most of it. Which is fine. And uh, it's fine. It's a passable Russell Crowe impersonation. And it means that he has a reason to sound bad when he sings. Unlike yes. all of the other yes. characters. Um, so, yeah, he does he does a fine job. Uh, I also just I like the joke in part because the fact that it's not entirely clear how he kills himself in the bathroom. He just sort of falls face first into the bathtub. And it's like, well, Doug, you. You know that people usually do something to themselves in the bathtub. That's why like, people die. Like, there's died. no blood. There's no... Yeah. He just sort of, like, does a belly flop, and then he's gone. Uh, <laughs> and it's hard not to laugh at that. It's good. <laughs> yeah. That'd be really funny if it cut to, like, the scene in 13 Reasons Why or something. <laughs> or, um, is it It, where the guy, like, writes the mm-hmm. words in... Yeah, like that, but it's he's just trying to write out all of Les Mis. <laughs> I'm going to go for a second. I'm going to mute myself. Okay, you're good. Um, I also... Here, I I found a comment, and now I can't find it, because, of course, I can whenever I need something to fill time. I think anytime Doug talks about, like, overacting, it's funny. 
Yeah, it's always rich coming from Doug. I mean, most of his criticisms are like he also complains about like the camera at one point. I know the clock's still going. I'm just trying to power through it. No, you're um, good. You can't hear it anymore. Oh, fantastic. Uh, OK, it's gone. Uh, yeah, it's it's always rich when Doug complains about really anything when it comes to filmmaking, but especially mm-hmm. like camera stuff or. Yeah, like Doug. Where's the Dutch I've angles? Seen, yeah, I've seen to boldly flee, Doug. I'm sorry. You don't get to do this. Um, <laughs> I want to edit all the liquor out of the master of the house scene into Malibu for him. (laughs) Yeah. Malibu of the house. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Then he understands that they're getting drunk. Right now he's looking at weird apple juice. Um, Weird that they're drinking apple juice and sexually assaulting Santa. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, the top comment. Sorry. Um, The top comment is fascinating because that's another complaint that they make about the musical which yes. is just from the book which is from you know the time period there's a comment later comments. down that explains it as well oh good that explains yeah, why like, it's a loaf of bread okay good so i was gonna say i was like class symbol right yeah it was like it's a class symbol it also like was just it was harshly punished and like you know the point of the yeah. story is hey it's kind of crazy that you get punished for doing what you have to to survive huh mm-hmm. um but doug and company hear that Jean Valjean goes to jail for stealing a loaf of bread and instead of saying well that's crazy in the right way yeah they're like well that's crazy obviously that wouldn't happen no it 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 did did Doug that's the that's the reason like that's why in a time of rape and murder they arrested him for bread and I was like because in a time of rape and murder they were arresting people for bread not the rape or murder that's the whole point yeah, Doug's like sarcastically going like, huh, oh, makes you think. You're like, no, the, it's supposed to make you think. Why that do you is think the point. they're overthrowing the government? Yeah, Doug, that's why Victor Hugo wrote the book. But it's, it's okay, it's fine. I just... It is funny that I don't think he understands the French Revolution. No, yeah, and I mean, like, the June Rebellion, admittedly, is less interesting than the French Revolution, right? Because yeah. it is just sort of like... It's the precursor. It's Well, it's the, I think it's the right? postcursor. Yeah, is it the postcursor? Like, yeah, it was like 18 before I make a fool of myself. I'm going to type that into Google real quick. Uh, I don't remember. All I remember is it's not the French Revolution, but it's French Revolution adjacent. Yeah, it's it's a revolution. 1830? Wow, I was right. Uh, nope, never mind. 1832. I was not right. Um, it happens. Basically the same thing. Yeah, basically the same thing. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, look, France, they love their revolutions. It's not the French. We still, I mean, aside from the Scarlet Pimpernel, which rules. We, I feel we've been robbed of a true French Revolution musical. Um, true. A Hamilton sort of thing, but for, like, Maximilien de Robespierre. Um, oh, the stage just keeps getting smaller and smaller because he keeps guillotining all of the other people on stage with him. That'd be um, so funny. Yeah, and then there's finally, there's the song right before he dies, and then instead of him getting shot, it's just he gets guillotined, too. It's like, I never could have seen this coming. Uh <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda, get on it. Uh, get on it. You want your I next big hit? I want Robespierre rapping as he decapitates various heads of state. Um, Cast to the same guy that played, like, Lafayette. Yeah. Oh, yeah he did a um, French accent. He can do it again. Yeah. Yeah, do David Diggs as Robespierre. Look. Clipping, now that I'm thinking about it. Clipping, get on it. Make a concept album about Robespierre. I will listen to either of these things at least once. Um, I can promise that. <laughs> 
Probably more than out one. Out of curiosity, if nothing else. Yeah, out of curiosity and then out of fascination. Um, <laughs> sorry, now I'm looking through the comments trying to find it. Uh, hmm. Well, the first thing is someone saying that they would love to buy the album version of the, these parody songs. And let me tell you, a finger on the monkey's paw if I've ever seen one. Just curling. So he's like, boy, I wish they'd do like a full album length parody of some musical thing that i could then purchase somewhere maybe a love letter to the original uh, <laughs> uh their voice acting could carry an entire cartoon series he says i'm more curious how the results would be mr critic take some time and collaborate to make a short cartoon I hate it when they call him mr critic yeah man this guy really is just like hitting every single point like finger on the monkey's paw because then he goes man i wish that they would I wish he could do a short form comedy series free of reviews. Like, no, no, you don't. You don't wish that. You might think you do, but you're wrong because uh, we've seen that. We're some of the only people who have seen it somehow. But uh... this comment makes me upset. But then there's a response to it that kind of makes me laugh. This is what Pink Floyd the Wall review should have been. Funny songs, parodies of the movies and the film that do critique the film, but also allow the critic talking normally about the film's flaws as well as to what makes it popular. Because as it stands, the way he did the review, it's confusing to anyone who's that's never seen The Wall. And someone responds, actually, I disagree. The Wall has been one of my favorite movies for 25 years, and I was confused watching that video. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, yeah, hang on, this comment. Yeah, his, rep- whoa, wow, that reply is dense. It's lengthy. Uh, it was hard to understand what a lot of them were saying or singing. I thought the production of it was absolutely terrible. And uh, Corey Taylor, <laughs> looking, yeah. And as he points out, he didn't even have a line. I get the point of him being sort of like Pink, but hello, it's Corey Taylor. I feel like these guys are sort of hyping Corey Taylor up a little bit much. Like, you know, no hate to the guy, but it's not like he's that big a deal, is he? I don't, I don't think know. so. I mean, he, he collaborated with a nostalgia critic. He can't be that big of a deal. <laughs> Somebody wrote a better I Dreamed a Dream, I think. Oh, like uh, in the comments? Yeah. It says, I oh, Dreamed a Dream yes. in Time Gone By, where use was fair for all our critics, where the review would never die, <laughs> where the studios weren't so prickish. But the execs come at night with their strikes loud as thunder as they tear channels apart and they return your views to shame. I had I like a dream YouTube would be so different from this hell I'm watching, so different than what it seems. No fair use has killed the dream I dreamed. Yeah, it's like, you know, actually a parody of the song. Yes. Which is cool. Um, and it's just kind of charming. Like, that's yeah. The, parodies in general are a little, I feel like none of us can, they're sort of like puns. We all understand that they aren't a very high form of comedy, but it's hard not to like them if they're like done even moderately well. Um, there's also a lot of people being like, no, Cosette should have been the person on the. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot they, they like have beef with Cosette being like the symbol. Yes, they which, do. Which she's the through line. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, she's the character who unites everybody. Yes, Gavroche dies. It's sad. We're all bummed down when the child gets killed. But not killed. everyone knew Gavroche. Yeah, I was going to say, like, show him to Je- Valjean. He's going to go, who, who's that guy? I don't know this dude. I don't know um, this man. I. It, yeah, I'm I'm sad that this child is dead. That's a bummer, man. I am. Um, I can't say that I'm thrilled. I don't know him though. Um, like, I mean, the master of the house people would take all his shit, but they wouldn't know who he was. Yeah. Oh, that's a side note. I 
uh, I don't think it's in the movie, is it? Um, goodness, I can't remember what it's called now. But there's just like a song where it is just like Tenardier just like going through and like ripping gold teeth out of dead bodies and like singing there's about how he's stalking through the sewers. There's a um, scene where he does it, and I think there's a little bit, if I remember correctly, but I get confused with the musical all the time. Hang on, let me see if I can find because the lyrics but are. But he definitely cool, looks through the dead bodies and steals stuff off of them. It's not yeah. like. I don't think it's so far as pulling teeth, though. Yeah, if I remember right, like, it was cut from, like, the American Broadway recordings, because I grew up listening to, like, the old British one, like, from the 80s. That's crazy. That's, like, that's, well, that's what my mom first heard, right? Mm-hmm. When she was, like, in school, she heard, like, that British record, like, the off-Broadway British recording, and, yeah. like, everyone else went, whoa, this rules. Um, yeah, for sure. And so we've just, I've been loyal to that one. Uh, okay, one second. I'm going to just pull up the album's lyrics real quick because the song is crazy. And I don't remember if it's in the American one. Uh, sorry. Give me just a moment while I uh, You're good. look through this. I'm very curious as to what this is. No, it's a little bit after it's after the attack. Hmm. Now, I'm not seeing it in the. No, here it is. I think this is it. Okay, it's called, yeah, Dog Eats Dog is what the uh, the song is called. Uh, he goes, uh, here's a hint of gold stuck into a tooth. Pardon me, monsieur. You won't be needing it no more. Shouldn't be too hard to sell. Add it to the pile. Add it to the stock. Here among the sewer rats, a breath away from hell. You get accustomed to the smell. That's sort of the vibe of this song. It goes Very much crazy. a villain song, which I love a good villain song. Oh, yeah. Like, this song, I will say, is different from the, uh, like... From Master of the House because it is just malevolent. Um, it gives a different vibe to the character than I think the movie was going for. Yeah, Val- yeah. Then in brackets, these lyrics say Valjean arrives carrying Marius. Valjean collapses. Tenardier robs Marius. Uh, and then he just sort of continues. The final bracket is a uh, in a world where the dog eats the dog, where they kill for bones in the street. God in heaven, he don't interfere because he's as dead at the- as the stiffs at my feet. I raise my eyes to see the heavens and only the moon looks down. The harvest moon shines down, and then he runs away. Um, See, but I kind of like the tie back to, like, the night sky thing, like, the stars, yeah. and, like... No, it's a great song. Definitely, um... A different, a different vibe. vibe. Different, <laughs> but I love the vibe. As a kid, the first time I heard that song, I went, Ugh, oh, no. Uh, and like everything that made me do that, I went, well, that was awesome. I need more of that <laughs> in my life. Uh, <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else to say about this video? Um, yeah, I think as far as omens for my coming year go, I, it could be worse. Could be worse. It could be last year. And if there's, as, look, I've learned not to say it couldn't be worse. It can always be worse. And I want you all to keep that in mind as we come into the new year. Uh, we no longer have an outro.